Presents Football Time. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Football Time Podcast. We're here with our man, Achilles Rain, to do our Week 14 recap and review. You ready to get into the Week 14 football season? Oh, yeah, man. We're getting close to the end, and uh, it's, it's, starting to get, it's starting to sink in. We're almost there. Yeah, it is. It, it's getting close. All right. So we'll start out with uh, Thursday night. Uh, big game for you. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams pretty much uh, dominated the New England Patriots. Uh, the game pretty much ended uh, early, uh, midway through that second quarter with that pick six from Cam Newton. And uh, New England just couldn't uh, garner enough offense uh, to uh, do anything there. Um I thought it was a pretty decent game. Uh, Twenty-four to three was the final score. Uh, Cam Newton was nine of sixteen for one hundred and nineteen yards and an interception. Damian Harris eleven carries, fifty yards. Uh, Nikhil Harry three catches, forty-nine yards. Uh, Jared Goff was a uh, solid, if unspectacular, sixteen to twenty-five, one thirty-seven, one touchdown, one. Pick. Cam Akers uh, starting to get a, a bulk load of the carries, 29 for 171. And uh, Tyler Higby was a leading receiver with two catches for 34 yards. So what would you uh, make of this game on Thursday night? Uh, I mean, I, I, overall, I think it was a good game. I was a little concerned. Uh, I thought that it might be a little tighter than it actually turned out to be. Uh, one of the biggest concerns going into this game, I thought, was uh, Bill Belichick's coaching scheme. I wasn't sure if he was going to put together the type of scheme that he did uh, going up against the Rams in the Super Bowl. Now, obviously, both teams are drastically different, uh, the Patriots more so. But um, we've seen that the Patriots have had their issues uh, offensively over the last few weeks, yet they've still managed to win some games. So it, it was nice to see the fact that they could still stop that offense and prevent them from getting the win. So uh, I think overall, everybody kind of assumed the Rams were the better team going in. Uh, a few people had concerns, but, you know, they got the job done. They got the W. Yeah, uh, pretty uh, dominant performance uh, defensive-wise. Uh, uh, once again, they were just on point. But uh, once they got up, uh, there's just no way for that uh, New England offense to really uh, – manufacture a way to score points. They need to be uh, up front and ahead uh, or else they just totally have nothing to offer. Now, um, I was wondering, this probably ends the uh, Patriots' uh, playoff run, but uh, Rams-wise, uh, there's three games to go. They got a, a sort of a freebie this week with the Jets and then Seattle and Arizona, two conference games. Uh, how important is it to you that the the Rams win this division? Uh, or do you think uh, just getting in the playoffs and uh, moving through? I don't know where uh, home field, for, especially for a team who's playing in a new stadium without fans, uh, really sits Im importance-wise uh, for a playoff game or two. Yeah, I don't think uh, home field is as important. Obviously, you do want to be at home. Uh, I just don't think it's as important as it is in seasons prior to this. Uh, simply because of that, you have that 
you know, no fans uh, type of situation. But I think it really adds a different feel for the game. Um, I don't think it's super important for them to win home field advantage, but I think it'd be good for their psyche to win this division and uh, at least get a home game. Um, I don't think it counts for much, but I think that for uh, their mental state and the way that they're going to play, I think that it's important. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if they could get the one seed, uh, but uh, do you think there's any shot that the Rams could come away with a one seed? Uh, but, or do you think that's probably a, a pipe dream? I think it's just a little too out of reach right now, uh, especially when you look at the opponents for the uh, the two top seeds in the NFC. I think that it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that they're not going to get it, uh, which I'm okay with, but it'd still be uh, a huge positive for the team in, in itself to you know win the division, which yeah. I think is what the goal is right now. Definitely. Okay. Uh, anything else on this game you wanted to uh, touch on? Uh, it was a pretty uh, – uneventful game uh, uh, certainly after about uh i don't know 25 minutes yeah uh, the only thing was uh you know we we've talked about it in the last few weeks about the rams rushing attack uh you know their defense gets a lot of the uh, the conversation when it comes to the media but um i want to talk on the rams running backs and that whole three monster three-headed monster com- uh, running back by committee thing kind of uh Died down a little bit over the last few weeks, and it seems like Cam Akers is the guy now. Uh, he's been getting the bulk of the carries, and he really showed up this last week. Yeah, uh, I would say uh, if they can generate a rushing attack like this, it, it lessens a lot of pressure uh, that Jared Goff has. Uh, like we saw, he didn't. He was okay this week, and uh, they dominated the game, and uh, it allows him to be okay if they can get a rushing attack like this. Yeah, the defense is there. So as long as you can get a good running game and keep golf from, as people say, golfing it, then I think you have a pretty good shot at winning games. Uh, this is probably the formula that they should follow uh, going forward. Definitely. Okay, we'll move on uh, to your boys in the NFC West. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals uh, finally uh, put together a pretty solid game, 26-7 to over the New York Giants. Uh, Kyler Murray uh, looked uh, much better than he has the last couple weeks. Uh, 24 for 35, 244 yards and a touchdown. He also had 13 carries and 47 yards. Kenyon Drake had 23 carries, 80 yards and a touchdown. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins had nine catches, 136 yards. Daniel Jones uh, came back and was uh, not very good. Uh, 11 to 21, 127. Wayne Gallman, 12 carries for 57 yards and... Uh, Golden Tate had one catch for 39 yards. Uh, Sterling Shepard, three for 35 yards. Uh, I think this game was a little more of a blowout than I thought it would be, uh, but uh, Daniel Jones in that offense for the Giants was so bad, uh, it didn't really give him much shot uh, in this game, but uh, a much wider margin than I thought. Uh, I thought the Giants uh, would uh, be a little stiffer competition, uh, especially with Arizona coming across the country to play. Yeah, I thought that uh, Arizona would definitely get this win. This was obviously one of my picks uh, going into the week. Um, I expected them to have a little bounce back game, especially after the last few weeks, the way they've played. Uh, they haven't really looked like the Cardinals uh, that we kind of got used to after that big, you know, uh, Hail Mary pass back against, uh, against the Seattle Seahawks. But I, I thought this would be a good bounce back game for them. Uh, when I heard that Daniel Jones was actually going to play, I was a little more concerned about uh, my pick. But 
he still didn't look 100% healthy. It looked like he probably should have sat out at least another week. Uh, I understand why they try to rush him back because uh, they're literally in the thick of that division right now uh, with uh, Washington. So I understand why they rushed him back. I, I just think that he probably could have used it one more week to just kind of uh, get back to 100% because he didn't look great. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Um, they rushed him. It, he definitely did not look 100%. He, he wasn't moving all that great. Um, I, I don't understand. I, I get it if it's like a Russell Wilson level type quarterback like that to, you know, try to rush him back because the drop off from, you know, Russell Wilson to whatever your backup is, is like huge. But uh, really the drop off from a healthy Daniel Jones to a healthy Colt McCoy is not quite as uh, big a gap. So why do you think uh, the Giants decided to push him back uh before he was really ready to go because you saw it because they pulled him and ended up putting McCoy back in the game anyway. Well, I think the drop-off is actually significant, uh, especially after, you know, over the last few weeks, we've definitely seen Jones kind of come into his own. Uh, He's been a threat both on the ground and over the air. He's been getting a a good amount of uh, passing yards, even though he doesn't have a lot of weapons out there and his running game, uh, they pretty much kind of signed people off the street and uh, guys that weren't really doing much anymore yet, you know, they're still making it work because he's mixing in a few rushes himself. Uh, he's, he's pretty mobile for, you know, for a quarterback and uh, we don't really think about him as a mobile quarterback, but he gets out of the pocket and he can scramble and get a few yards, um, which is probably one of the reasons why I think that they felt like they had a better shot at winning the next few games with him uh, as opposed to, as opposed to having uh, McCoy out there which makes sense to me. I think that he's uh, a lot better than McCoy is, but that's just my personal feelings. Yeah, I I, I understand, uh, you know, if it was he, – he uses his legs so much. He, he's such a, you know, moving out of the pocket, making throws. Uh, he utilizes the running game. So something like a hamstring injury you know is going to affect him more than, you know, uh, say like a statuesque Tom Brady or a Drew Brees – you know, someone who's just going to sit in that pocket. And that's why I didn't quite understand if you know he's not 100% healthy and he's not going to be able to move as well, essentially you take probably his best weapon is, uh, you know, his movement uh, outside the pocket and getting outside the pocket. And uh, you just, you got away with Colt McCoy in versus Seattle. I, you know, I, you know, I'm not any Colt McCoy lover here. And, but, um, it just seemed like maybe let Colt go one more game, uh, see if you can sort of fake your way into another win and uh, let Daniel Jones have another week to get healthy because now uh, you bring up questions, you played him, and now can he get healthy for the next week game? It seems like you compiled your uh, problem by uh, rushing him back this week. Yeah, I, I, I just think that maybe they might have gotten a little overconfident after that win against Seattle, uh, and they figured, you know, Arizona, not as good as Seattle. Maybe we could probably beat them too, uh, even with a hobbled uh, quarterback. I, I just think that they probably rushed them too soon. I still think that division is up for grabs regardless, even if you would have lost this game with Cole McCoy on there, but you would have given your quarterback another week to get fully healthy. Um, so I think they, they rushed the gun a little bit, but I, I see where they came from. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the Giants abandoned the run. Uh, a little too early here. Only 12 carries for Gallman. He had been going well for the last couple games. Uh, I, I know they got behind, but uh, Gallman still had pretty good uh, yard per carry averages. Uh, 
Just thought they sort of lost their way offensively. I mean, they haven't been great offensively all year long. So uh, I just a little stunned. Uh, what do you make of the Cardinals game here? Uh, do you think they get back on track or just a bit of a, you know, they're going to be, you know, one game hot, one game cold the rest of the year? I think with them, a lot of it's going to have to do with matchups going forward. Uh, they definitely needed this particular type of game just to kind of get their confidence back because over the last few weeks, they were playing pretty bad, both offensively and defensively. Uh, but it was a lot more evident uh, offensively with Kyler Murray struggling to just get out of the pocket and get some of those rushing yards that he's been getting throughout the season. But um, I, I think with them going forward, it's going to be dependent on the matchup and they're still a pretty good team. Um, I think they're good enough to sneak in maybe with that last uh, wild card spot. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I I think a little bit of the pressure is now off of them uh, playoff-wise with uh, Minnesota losing uh, I, and San Francisco losing. Uh, they really don't have, you know, the Bears did win, but, you know, that's their three that are behind them, Bears, Niners, you know, Vikings. So, uh it looks like no matter really how bad they finish, as long as they can get a win or two, they will probably be the uh, last team in the playoffs. So uh, maybe that helps them uh, improve uh, to close out the season here. Yeah, they definitely have a really good shot. All right, we'll move on to our next game. Next up, we have the Denver Broncos 32, um, Carolina Panthers 27 here. Uh, Drew Locke, uh, probably his best game, I thought, uh, looked uh, commanding uh, behind Huddle. Didn't have too many uh, really bad plays. 21-27, 284 touchdowns. Melvin Gordon, 13 carries for 68 yards. Uh, Jerry Judy had two for 42. Uh, Hamler had uh, two for 86 and a touchdown. On the, the Panthers' side, uh, Bridgewater 30 of 40 for 283. Mike Davis 11 of 51, two touchdowns. Uh, Robbie Anderson 8 for 84. So uh, this Broncos team continues to be a little plucky. Uh, they're probably the uh, plucky uh, team that is finishing out the uh, season uh, pretty strong. Uh, Drew Locke's probably best game. What'd you make of this one? Yeah, I, I thought it was a little entertaining uh, watching this score, um, especially when I, was start, when I started looking at the stats for this game. I believe it was last week where you pretty much uh, gave, uh, gave uh, what's his name, Locke, uh, the Dunzo. Um, I, I think you, as of last week, you were pretty much done with him already. And then he comes out and he has probably his most efficient game ever and throws for four touchdowns. Uh, you know, good for him. Uh, I still don't think that, you know, he's – as good as he looked this week, it's probably just a combination of that defense playing really well and uh, giving him a confidence boost. I think that the biggest storyline here is, you know, that Denver defense is really started to make a name for itself, even with uh, some key players being out. But as far as it's concerned, neither team is really going uh, very far, uh, especially as we get closer to the end of the season. But, you know, it's definitely a nice confidence boost, uh, you know, to hopefully kind of motivate them to, to keep getting better. Yeah, I, I continue to be impressed with the uh, Denver defense and how hard it plays. And also the weapons the uh, Denver Broncos offense has. Uh, I, I think maybe next week we're going to get into some uh, quarterback talk uh, for each team because 
uh, the last couple years, there hasn't been a lot of sort of open spots for uh, quarterbacks, uh, which is why you get like Jameis Winston with the Saints playing third string and uh, Cam playing for like no money in the Patriots and stuff like that. But uh, I think there could be a lot of spots uh, open up in this uh, uh, upcoming year uh, next season. And uh, I think this Denver Broncos, uh, wh- whoever can uh, sort of man this ship, uh, has some really nice weapons on offense, and uh, that defense just looks really good. I don't think uh, the Broncos are all that far off from uh, being a sort of mid-tier contender here in the uh, sort of Indianapolis Tennessee, uh, uh, Cleveland category. Yeah, they've got a really solid running game. They've got a, obviously a really good defense. Uh, you expect certain guys to come back healthy next season, which will only make them better. And if they can get some consistent play at the quarterback position, I think that they're pretty much set. They've got a you know really good running back. But one of them's banged up and is probably going to be suspended for this next game. But we'll get into that, uh, you know next Thursday. But. They've got a, a nice duel of running backs and, you know, some some skill at the wide receiver position. I think uh, the biggest flaw with that team has been so far this season, the uh, lack of consistent quarterback play, which if they can get Locke playing the way he did, you know, this last week, then they're going to be in pretty good shape going forward. Yeah, and uh, this doesn't even take into account Cortland Sutton, who's probably the Broncos' best receiver, uh, hasn't even really played this year. He's been pretty much out all year long with injury. Uh, I wanted to shift it to uh, Carolina. They seem to be uh, fading away down the stretch uh, here. Uh, I know Christian McCaffrey has not played and starting, I think, to take a bit of a toll on them. I haven't been in love with the way Teddy Bridgewater has played since he missed that game hurt. And uh, this defense continues to be pretty porous. What are you making of Carolina as they close out the season? Uh, we were really impressed with them early on, but uh, I, I think they're sort of fading away here. Yeah, I mean, they, they started off the season pretty hot, and they had a few games, a few hiccups here and there. Uh, there was a point in time when I thought that they could possibly, you know, make a run for the division, not necessarily win it, but at least, you know, make it tough for the division leaders. Um, but over the last few weeks, their play has really fallen off, and I think you hit the nail on the head when uh, you gave that timeline. I think it happened – right after he came back from that injury. Uh, he just hasn't quite looked the same, and he's had a few games when he's played well, but the consistency just isn't quite there anymore. Uh, I, I don't know if he's still not 100%. Maybe he's still ailing a little bit. I'm not sure what's going on there, but uh, I, still think, I, still, I still like the team going forward. I just, you know, this is definitely not their season. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll do a little quarterback question here. A uh, lot of quarterbacks in this draft, uh, pretty high-rated quarterbacks here. Uh, you spent an okay amount of money on Teddy Bridgewater, but uh, if you were Carolina, would you uh, ponder drafting one of these quarterbacks in the first round here? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, if you get a, a good enough pick and you feel a guy that, you know, you, you feel has is, is got something to in the tank, something that he can prove. I mean, they're not going to get the number one overall pick, you know, but there's a lot of solid quarterbacks coming into the draft and even some free agents are in the off season that I don't necessarily think you need to go young. You know, you could always go with a, a more of a veteran presence. You're going to get McCaffrey, you know, back hundred percent for next season. Uh, and they've had some, some guys step up at the wide receiver position. So a lot of it's going to have to do with improving that defense a little bit more. I think that right now they're, you know, on the lower end of the kind of mid-range type of defenses. They're not that good, but they're also not horrible. They can show up on any given week. 
So I think that a lot of it's going to have to do with, you know, whether they want to step away from Teddy uh, going forward. But I still think he's got stuff left. I just, I don't know. I think that he's probably not 100%. Yeah. All right, last question on this game. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was uh, sort of questionable leading up to it. Uh, I assume that means he might be ready uh, next week. Would you even bother bringing him back, or do you sort of pack him in ice and say, uh, we'll be ready next year? Yeah, I think that you pretty much shelf him for the rest of the season. I don't think there's there's any chance of you making the playoffs right now, uh, especially now with the type of record you hold. So I think that you're best off to just kind of, you know, put your prized possessions away in the trophy case and uh, just, you know, keep them dust-free till next season starts. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll move on to the Tennessee Titans, 31, Jacksonville Jaguars, 10. Ryan Tannehill, 19 to 24, 212, two touchdowns. Derrick Henry, 26 for 215 and two touchdowns. A.J. Brown, 7 for 112. Uh, Gardner Minshew, 18 for 31, 178 and a touchdown. Mike Glennon, 13 for 23, 85 yards and an interception. Uh, I'm going to continue my shout-outs of James Robinson, 12 for 67. Becomes the fastest undrafted rookie to rush for 1,000 yards in a season. Uh, Keenan Cole, uh, 7 for 67 and a touchdown. So, uh, bad team versus good team. Not much analysis here. Um, they finally put Gardner Minshew back in. I don't know why they weren't doing it before. I mean, he's a much better quarterback, and it's not like they're going to win games even with him in there. But uh, what did you make of Tennessee's performance this week? I think this is uh, exactly what the doctor ordered. They really needed one of these games. Uh, I was a little concerned going in just with it being a divisional opponent. You know, you never quite know what's going to happen. And uh, we said it last week, if Tennessee's offense doesn't show up, their defense isn't good enough to keep them in games. Uh, Their defense is bad, and they can actually cost them games if that offense isn't putting up any numbers. Now, thankfully for them, uh, Derrick Henry came out and uh, had a monster of a game, and – they didn't really need Tannehill to do much, but he did enough to just, you know, kind of keep the ball moving and uh, keep the sticks moving. And they did exactly what they're supposed to. They're supposed to beat them, and they did, and it was decisive, and uh, it was a good win for them. Yeah. Um, you think uh, Tennessee will go on to win the division? They closed Detroit, Green Bay, Houston. Uh, I expect uh, two wins out of that for sure and uh, probably uh, cinch up this division here. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see them winning all three. Uh, but, you know, for sure, definitely have them winning two. And if uh, if they win those two, that, that race is tight. So they're going to – a lot of it's going to depend on, you know, who the uh, the, the Colts are going to be facing. And uh, it's going to be a tight race, but, you know, they, they have to win out. If they win out, I think that they right now hold the keys to their own future. So um, the, the rules of the game right now are just come in, play good football, run the ball with Derrick Henry – try to limit mistakes on defense and win some games. Yeah. All right. Uh, We'll go with probably one of the most entertaining games on Sunday. Kansas City Chiefs 33, Miami Dolphins 27, Patrick Mahomes 24 for 34, 393, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, 
Clyde Edwards-Hilaire continues to sort of disappoint, uh, 16 for 32. Kelsey, 8 for 136 and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill, 3 for 79 and a touchdown and one carry for 32 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Tua Tungvaluwa, 28 for 48, 316, two touchdowns and an interception. He also, sadly, was the leading rusher because... uh, the uh, Miami Dolphins were down to, like, uh, number six on their running back depth chart. So Tua had six carries for 24 yards and a touchdown. Lynn Bowden, seven catches for 82 yards. Uh, they were also pretty far down on the depth chart in receiver-wise because uh, Devontae Parker left injured. So uh, I thought it was a, a tough showing by the Dolphins. Played well, fought as well as they could, but uh, just sort of outgunned by uh, this Chiefs team who... Did not look as sharp, but uh, this probably speaks how good the Chiefs are um, by uh, literally racking up about 500 yards of offense and uh, not playing all that great. Yeah, uh, the Chiefs have, uh, I, I don't want to say that they've, you know, shown flaws in their game because, you know, to me, they're still the number one team in the, in the NFL, but they definitely sh- uh, show little chinks in their armor. And uh, that has to be defensively. It's, it's got to be a little bit concerning if you're a Chiefs fan, you know, that you let the Dolphins really hang in there uh, because they had a shot to at least get close. You know, there was two-possession game, like, with a minute left or so. And uh, the Dolphins drove down. And if they would have got a touchdown, it probably would have been a lot more interesting. But, you know, they ended up kicking that field goal, uh, which, by the way, Lux Nova was uh, really upset about because it cost her some some pennies. But um, – We'll talk about that on Thursday. But, you know, either way, it was a good win for the Chiefs against a really gritty, uh, you know, Dolphins team. And um, the, the Chiefs really needed it, especially with what happened with the Saints. So it was good for them. Yeah. Um, just sort of Dolphins-wise, uh, they played well. Um, but uh, with the Ravens win here, that uh, last playoff spot, it's getting a little tight and a little close here. The Dolphins... Are closed in New England, uh, Las Vegas, and Buffalo. It's I don't. They probably can lose one of those games, but uh, they they definitely need to get to uh, at least two of those. So, uh, I, as much as I think we've enjoyed watching the Dolphins this year, are they going to get in the playoffs here with the Ravens uh, right there? I don't think the Ravens can afford to lose any games, but uh, they're definitely the more experienced team in sort of closing a season like this. Yeah, I, I think that if you're a Dolphins fan, you're really proud of your team and the way they performed this season. Uh, but probably, they're probably done. Uh, and I think that, not, not done because they're bad, done because of just the way the record sits. Uh, but I just can't see them really winning, you know, the last three games. I, and, and I have a hard time thinking that they can win two of those games. It's against tough teams and some divisional opponents. Um but maybe they've got some magic left in them. I don't know. It's just going to be tough for them. Just, just you know, there's a few games that they, I'm sure they wish they could head back. Um, like maybe that Denver game. When, the you Denver know, game's going to be the one that ends up probably uh, really putting pressure whether they get in the playoffs or not. Yeah, because offensively, Denver really wasn't playing well. And, you know, Miami's defense was playing pretty good, at least uh, points for games-wise. They were playing pretty good at that point. And they came out and they pretty much laid a dud and let Denver get that, that W. So I think that was probably going to come back and, and haunt them a little bit. But 
you know, as a Dolphins fan, I think that you sit back and you look at the improvement the team made and you think about, you know, the pieces you have in place for the future. And I think you get excited and you just kind of move on. Yeah. Uh, the only saving grace is maybe that Buffalo game in week 17 might not matter. So, uh, especially without uh, a buy, if Buffalo gets that two seed, I, I think they uh, might pack it in and use that week as a extra buy. Now, uh, it also could backfire the other way. Like if the Chiefs lose another game, then uh, Buffalo's sitting in that spot and uh, looking at a one seed and maybe a buy. So uh, if that's the case, then uh, they're going to go full bore into that game because uh, a one seed only two having to play two home playoff games in Buffalo, uh, I think that might uh, lean me towards uh, Buffalo being a favorite if they can grab a one seed like that. So uh, really hard to tell what that Week 17 game versus Buffalo for Miami uh, is going to uh, mean. Oh, yeah, definitely. These last few weeks are definitely going to be a big game changer for a lot of teams and a lot of divisions. So uh, I'm looking forward to these last few weeks. All right, we'll move on to the one bet I made that seemed halfway successful. And uh, I tried to get you to, uh, or I tried to get our friend to talk me out of it. Dallas Cowboys, 30. Cincinnati Bengals, 7. Uh Andy Dalton returned to Cincinnati, 16 for 23, 185, two touchdowns. Zeke Elliott uh, continues to be uh, rather mundane as a running back, 12 for 48. Tony Pollard had 11 for 39. Amari Cooper, 4 for 51, and a touchdown. Um, Brandon Allen, 27 to 36, 217, and a touchdown. Uh, Sim GP Ryan, 10 for 32. AJ Green, 6 for 62, and a touchdown. Uh, the Bengals were beyond awful in this game. Uh, once again, they decided to throw the ball 38 times with a bunch of bad quarterbacks. Um, and it sort of cost them. Dallas's defense almost looked functionally okay here. The offense uh, did not make mistakes. Uh, what did you make of this game other than it was awful? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it wasn't one of the most entertaining games to watch, but I uh, was really happy for Dallas. You know, they, they definitely needed something like this. Uh, I thought it'd probably be a little bit tighter, you know, being that neither team is really that good. But we did mention the fact that Dallas had a, a more of a better a veteran presence. Uh, they had guys that have been there before. Uh, I even mentioned the Big Red Pistol, um, formerly known as the Big Red Rifle. Um, you know, at some point he was, he was a, a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback, so – there's something to be said about that. Uh, so I just think that based off the type of players that they currently have, even with all the injuries, I thought that Dallas had better players and they'd probably come out ahead. But uh, this was pretty one-sided. Um, I'm happy for all the Dallas fans. They, they needed something to feel good about, and I'm sure that they'll take this win. Yeah. Uh, they still are in the playoff hunt as long as the Eagles are. Uh, with the Giants losing, and uh, we'll get to the uh, Washington football team and uh, maybe some issues uh, behind center. But uh, so, I mean, they're still playing for things. Uh, I'm a little curious if they can maybe string together a win or two and make this uh, interesting in the NFC East. Yeah, I mean, it, it really depends on who they're going to play. I, I don't see them beating anybody in the you know, top five of the conference, so... Uh, I, they just really got to hope that they either catch some teams on a bad week or that they just play out of their minds because uh, 
it's going to be tough for them to get in, even though that division is pretty tight. I still think that the Giants and Washington are playing really good. And uh, Philadelphia seems to really have uh, turned on a switch. So it's going to be tough for Dallas. Yeah, uh, it's still half in their hands. Uh, they close with the Niners, Eagles, and Giants uh, to close out the season there. Yeah, so two divisional opponents and then a rival. So it's going to be pretty tough. But I know there's uh, there's one particular Cowboy fan out there. Uh, Mr. Fish, who probably just wants him to lose. And he, he's probably just upset at that, that if they won that last game, he just saw the draft pick uh, position moving down and he wasn't too happy about it. Yeah, well, uh, the Cowboys are bad, but the uh, Bengals are much worse. Uh, I guess I can try to get you to say something about the Bengals side of things. Uh, if you can come up with something that would be good to fill some content here. Um, I mean, the only thing I really got to say about the Bengals is the future is bright. You know, your young quarterback who unfortunately got run to the ground by your coach, uh, he showed a lot of signs and uh, showed a lot of promise and he put up some big numbers. He was on pace to break all kinds of rookie records. So if you can get him back at, uh, you know, even close to the point uh, that he was this season, he's only going to be that much better. Your team's only going to be that much better. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to uh, not that much better of a game. But uh, Houston Texans 7, Chicago Bears 36, Watson 21 of 30, 219, and a touchdown. Uh, no one really ran for anything. Uh, Chad Hansen had 7 for 56. The Texans were basically just uh, atrocious. Uh, but the Bears, a little plucky here. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, 24 for 33, 267, three touchdowns. David Montgomery continues his second-half resurgence, 11 carries, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Allen Robinson, nine catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown. So uh, I'm not quite sure we had a Bears uh, high-scoring blowout uh, in the works here, but that's how it turned out. What would you make of this? To me, this was really surprising. I thought that after last week's performance, Houston would come out really pumped up and kind of, you know, give it to this Bears team that's kind of been struggling as of late. Now, I did hear this morning on Sports Talk that somehow it got overlooked that Mitch Trubisky was undefeated when he got benched. Is that true? Yes, it was true. This is crazy to me because even I was – I believe I was one of those people that was saying that I thought Foles was better than Trubisky. Um, but obviously not. You know, he came back and now all of a sudden they're playing well again. Uh, to me, he's got a little bit of Tebow in him, kind of, you know, probably not going to dazzle you with his stats or with his arm, but he finds a way to win. And uh, apparently that's what he does. I just, I was really blown away when I heard that stat this morning. But, um, you know, good for them. They came out and they played really tough. And I'm sure they, they really enjoyed this win because they needed a win. Uh, it had been a while since they had played this well. Uh, I believe they had, um, what was it, seven sacks this game, yeah. uh, which was the most that they've had in, uh, in, in a long time. So uh, good for them. You know, it was a big win. Yeah. Uh, this makes me uh, hate Matt Nagy even more. He came out with a game plan that actually featured Mitch Trubisky's skill set where he was rolling out and m- making passes. Why this wasn't done, I don't know, two years ago when you know exactly what Trubisky is. He's a little bit like Daniel Jones. 
He can move around, and he likes to roll out and throw off rollouts. I, I know it cuts off half your field, and you can't run your little precious West Coast offense, but, you know, you don't have Patrick Mahomes behind center. You have to make adjustments. And the decision to bench Trubisky and go with Nick Foles, who literally has been good for six weeks of his entire NFL football career. And he's made a fortune off of it. Uh, just uh, drives me nuts. Uh, I, it, I just don't understand. I, they could be more in the playoff race. I think if they hadn't have given up on uh, Trubisky so quickly, I, I, I'm not dumb. I can watch. He has a limited skill set, but when you do stuff like they did this week and feature what he does well, the offense can move a little bit, and then the defense starts playing much better and to their capabilities. Now, uh, that being said, the Houston Texans were possibly beyond atrocious, and uh, they quit on this game pretty quickly. So uh, just a really bad showing by the Texans, and uh, I, I don't know after the season we're going to have to do a free Deshaun Watson movement because uh, that man's career is going to rot away into uh, a pit of hell being on that god-awful Texans team. Yeah, they definitely need to do something about that offensive line. Uh, I read some stat today where if he sacked once or less in a game, he's 12 and 0. And uh, anytime he's gotten sacked more than twice, I believe he's like 16 and 22. Some some crazy number like that. They but, did um, do something about it. Uh, the Dolphins have their draft picks because they traded for the Dolphins' left tackle last year. Yeah, how, how did that work out for them? And you know, they they made um, I don't want to call them bonehead mistakes, but you know. Uh, they let Hopkins go, and they brought in uh, Brandon Cooks to replace him. Um, they were a solid team already, and they made too many moves. I think that they tried a little too hard to get better, and they actually ended up getting worse. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to our next game. Uh, I'm going to have another coaching rant here. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, 14. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 26. Kirk Cousins, 24, 37, 225, and a touchdown. Delvin Cook, 22 for 102, and a touchdown. Uh, Adam Thielen, 3 for 39. Tom Brady was 15 to 23, 196, two touchdowns. Ronald Jones, 18 for 80, and a touchdown. Mike Evans, 3 for 56. So, uh, I watched this game. Uh, I grew quite angry. Uh, possibly because I had a wager on the Minnesota Vikings, who started out hot, and uh, then your friend, Coach Zimmer. <laughs> for some reason, after a missed extra point from Dan Bailey, continues to trot out Dan Bailey to kick field goals over and over and over again. And after last week's disaster where he couldn't kick any field goals, to the point in overtime where they gave Delvin Cook 10 extra carries so they could get down to the five-yard line so he wouldn't miss a kick. They continue to use Dan Bailey and essentially cost themselves the game and uh, certainly my cover here for sure. But uh, I just thought both teams were uh, pretty awful in this one. Yeah, I mean, it was a bad performance by both teams, uh, but one of them had to come out on top. And uh, unfortunately for the Vikings, their fuel kicker uh, really, Dan Bailey really, made it hard for them to even keep it close. I thought that it would have been an entirely different game if he hadn't missed those 10 points 
that he missed out on uh, because uh, they weren't down by much at halftime. Uh, so this could definitely oh, could have been I, a different type of We can also get in on the Hail Mary uh, pass interference at the end of halftime that gave the Tampa Bay Bucket a free field goal. Uh, since when do we start calling pass interference on random Hail Marys? You know, it depends. Uh, sometimes we call them superstar uh, calls, and uh, that looked like what it was. It looks, you know, it. I don't want to say it's fixed because it's not fixed, but certain plays just seem like they're fixed because of uh, who the opposing player is. But overall, just a poor coaching decision and, uh, you know, a bad performance by certain players. And when you don't have an entire team, uh, you know, as a cohesive unit playing well, you're not going to beat the teams that are winning their divisions. And, you know, even though the Bucks aren't winning their division, they're still a top team. They've got a lot of talent with a lot of big names. We've said it plenty of times throughout the season. So if you want to beat Tampa Bay, you got to beat them. They're not going to beat themselves. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I told you, I was it Thursday that I talked about everybody's going to fall back in love with this Tampa Bay team, but I watched them again and it's, there's a lot missing here, but, uh, they just the schedule they close Atlanta Detroit Atlanta so I mean I find it very difficult that they will lose any of those games so I mean essentially they're going to get their eleven wins but uh, of teams in the playoffs I do not trust this would be very high on the list yeah to me seeing it's not that I don't trust them I just think that they haven't had as much time together to really mesh as a, as a championship type unit. Uh, Obviously, the Patriots, when Tom Brady was with the Patriots, they were together forever. You know, he got drafted by them, and he uh, he played his entire career basically there until this last season. So there's something to be said about continuity. And, you know, they're just getting started in Tampa Bay, but they seem to be ready to build a championship team. Um, I think that the coach situation, there's – I think there's a little drama between the coach and the quarterback right now, and that might be playing into it. But I don't think Bruce is back next year. I don't think so either. I think that um, they're going to have to make a decision. Do they want to try and win a championship with Brady while they still can, or do they want to keep Coach Bruce Arians? And I think the decision is pretty easy for that franchise. Not necessarily that that's a route that I would go, but um, it's the most logical choice. You go with the GOAT, and you try to go for a championship now. Yeah. Uh, of teams I don't trust in the playoffs, uh it might be Washington if Dwayne Haskins is their quarterback and uh, the Bucks would fall just underneath there. Yeah, to me, the Bucks are slightly above where I would have a team like the Browns, but it's still a team that I don't fully trust, just a team that I also wouldn't want to play. Yeah. All right. We'll move on to the Indianapolis Colts. 44, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, 27. I, I luckily avoided uh, taking the Ra- Raiders this week. I, I talked myself out of it as they continue. They're very porous defense. Uh, they fired their defensive coordinator. Some say in the actual game. Uh, <laughs> I, thought are- I, saw, I thought I saw him packing his bags uh, halfway through the game, so that, that's possibly a true rumor. Yeah. Uh, Phillip Rivers, 19-28, 244, two touchdowns. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is starting to find a groove and find his uh, rhythm here. This uh, Colts running game really starting to look really good. Uh, 20 for 152 touchdowns. Naheem Hines had 7 for 58. T.Y. Hilton, uh, 5 for 86 and two touchdowns. Derek Carr, uh, 
31 of 45, 316, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Josh Jacobs, 13 for 49. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, 5 for 100. And a touchdown, Darren Waller, 7 for 75. I think this pretty much puts a stake in the Raiders' uh, season. Uh, I think we can put them on the Dunzo list, but uh, this Colts team, where are we thinking here? Uh, I, I'm really impressed by the way this running game is really starting to grind up yards here, and uh, I'm I think this could be a pretty scary team in the playoffs. I think they're a scary team already, and I think that a lot of it has to do with I've I've seen this this running game steadily improve as the season has progressed. But I think that what really makes it scary now is the reemergence of T.Y. Hilton. He seems to uh, really have turned it back on again towards the second half of the season. Um, over the last few weeks, he's been pretty explosive. He's been breaking away from the defenders, getting a lot of separation, which he wasn't doing so much in the first few couple of weeks. Um, I don't know if he was banged up early on or what it was, but he really seems to have uh, turned into next gear. So uh, I'm really impressed with the team as a whole. And that defense, even though it's uh, shown lapses here and there, um, I still think they're a pretty impressive unit, and they can shut down just about anybody on any given night. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Raiders-wise, uh, are they on your Dunzo list now? Listen, uh, the Raiders were on my I-don't-know-who-they-are list, and then they played the Chiefs tough, and I put them on my, yeah, they're a tough team list, and they started playing horrible, so I put them on my Dunzo list after that, and – I'm glad that I put them there. Um, this last week, I thought that they might – I thought this week they'd probably play better simply because I wasn't taking them anymore. But uh, I'm glad that they proved me right that they really aren't that good. Uh, I think that they've given up 30-plus uh, points in eight games this season, where last season I think it was only five. Uh, so that defense definitely has some issues. they got some cleaning up to do, but uh, – they do have some really nice weapons, uh, you know, just like at the tight end position, Brandon Jacobs seems to be a pretty good back. So I, I still wouldn't give up completely yet, but I think the likelihood of them going anywhere is uh, pretty low. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, I'm going to need eight minutes of analysis on this next game, so be ready. Uh, New York Jets 3, Seattle Seahawks 40. <laughs> Sam Darnold, 14 of 26, 132. Uh, Frank Gore, 8 of 23. Brandon Berrios, 3 for 49. I don't know why I'm reading any stats from the Jets. They didn't do anything. Uh, Russell Wilson, 21 of 27, 206. Four touchdowns, interception. Uh, our boy Geno Smith into the game. How exciting. A Geno Smith sighting, 4 of 5, 33 yards. Chris Kirk. Carson, 12 of 76 and a touchdown. Carlos Hyde, 15 of 66. DK Metcalf, 6 of 61 and a touchdown. Uh, I don't really know how to even bring this up. Uh, Stu's festive a game. Seattle got it done. Uh, Jets suck. Yeah, I mean, that's really all there is to it, and I hate to be so blunt about it. I thought that uh, the Jets might give them a little bit of a tougher, uh, tougher game this week, especially over the last few weeks. They seem to have improved. But still, you know, following their plan of uh, going after that number one overall pick. Um, but, yeah, they definitely didn't even show up this week, which was not surprising, you know, against the Seattle-type offense. But I'm still, I'm still getting this. They've got a lot of firecrackers on that team, and I think that if they really want to play hard, I think they could, they could play a lot better. 
you know, more to the tune of what they did against the Raiders. But um, I just want to talk about uh, what's his name, uh, Marcus May, I think, the the, the uh, defensive back for the Jets. Yeah, that interception he got uh, when he was covering Metcalf, that was a beautiful interception, man. That yeah, was a nice was, play. It was really nice. But yeah, I mean, the Jets just—they're focused on the draft right now, and Seattle's focused on trying to make uh, a playoff run. So they're just on completely different stages right now, and this is why you have this type of score. Yeah, definitely. Okay, we'll move on. Uh, Washington football team 23, San Francisco 49ers. uh, Pretty much, I think, officially ends their season here. 15, Alex Smith, 8 and 19, 57 yards and an interception. Dwayne Haskins came in because Alex Smith's legs started to get weird, uh, which is a little scary here. Uh, 7 of 12, 51 yards. J.D. McKissick, uh, 11 for 68. Peyton Barber, 12 for 37. Uh, Logan Thomas, 6 for 43. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, Nick Mullins, 25 of 45, 260. Mosert, uh, 14 for 65. Jeff Wilson uh, Jr., 11 for 31 and a touchdown. Ayuk had 10 catches for 119 yards. Uh, good win by Washington. Defense looked really, really strong. Uh, but I think the uh, thing is here, uh, I don't know if Alex is going to come back. Uh, he, he didn't look right the whole game. And uh, then he left, and you uh, started to get word that his leg was getting weird. Um, what do you make of uh, this situation now on offense with Washington? Uh, Gibson's also got the turf toe problem, so it's going to be probably uh, slow getting back for him as well. Yeah, offensively, I think that's where Washington's issues have pretty much light all season long. Um, really early in the season, we we all pretty much got on the uh, that Washington uh, defensive front. Their front seven were uh, pretty pretty tough. They were getting after the quarterback. Then then they had a few injuries that uh, caused them to slow down a little bit. Uh, they had a few players get healthy again, and it seems like they're back to their old ways. Uh, Chase Young uh, has been really impressive this season, and um, I think that's probably the biggest storyline of this particular game. He impacted that game in so many different ways, and that's probably why his team won the game because, like you said, Alex Smith getting hurt was a huge bummer, uh, and Gibson still being out with that turf toe, that's, that's also going to hurt him a lot. Uh, I don't know how much of a – digression it is to go with Haskins but you know he seemed to be formidable in that game and did enough to help them win so luckily for them they're in the NFC East and I think that they still have a good shot at uh you know possibly sticking around long enough till their players get healthy and maybe they can do have a little run or something all right so do you still put them in the as a favorite here uh to uh, get in the playoffs, or are you looking more at Philly or Dallas or the Giants? You know, it's it's so weird. Early on in the season, we were both on on Philly. We both thought that Philly, this was their year to turn back around to that uh, championship caliber team that we've known them to have. Uh, a lot of people were on the Cowboys bandwagon. They thought, you know, with the big weapons with Ezekiel Elliott and, uh, you know, their quarterback situation, they, they thought that they were going to be the ones to beat the East. Um, and then Washington came out and they played really good defense and, you know, they really started to get the talk uh, on their side. Then we had a couple of weeks where the Giants started playing better. 
right now, I don't really know. I, I can't really trust any of these teams. I think that they've been up and down too many times throughout the season, so I can't really put much confidence in either one of them. But as good as Washington's defense is, I think that uh, Philadelphia has just as good of a pass rush, you know, probably not as good, but close enough. Um, and they seem to have some some life again on offense. So if I had to pick now, if you forced me to pick right now, I'd probably say that I'm leaning more towards Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, they play Seattle this week, uh, Carolina next week, and then close with the, the Eagles. Probably uh, my guess would be uh, for that division there. Uh, but uh, I don't have much hope in that Seattle game. I, I think they're really going to need that Carolina game in two weeks. Yeah, that, that's definitely going to be the case. And uh, if that's how it works out for them, then that last uh, Week 17 game is going to be huge. Yeah. All right. We'll move on to said Philadelphia Eagles with a big win versus the New Orleans Saints, uh, 24-21 for the Eagles. Taysom Hill was 28-38, 291 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Kamara had 11 carries for 50 yards and a touchdown. Michael Thomas, 8 for 84. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 17 to 30, 167 and a touchdown. Sanders, 14 for 115, two touchdowns. Hurts, 18 for 106. Uh, Rieger had two catches for 46 yards. Um, uh, the Eagles played really hard, uh, but more than anything, when I watched this game, uh, Saints just came out really flat in that first half and uh, couldn't quite uh, make up for uh, what they did in the first half in the second half. Yeah, to me, when I was watching this game, to me it just looked like the Saints just completely overlooked the Eagles. And, you know, the Eagles used that spark with having Hurts in there to really kind of give them a boost. And they ran away with that game. I mean, they pounded the rock pretty much all game long, uh, as evident by the amount of rushing yards that they got. Um, I thought that Hurts did pretty good uh, overall. You know, he didn't make a lot of mistakes. He did enough to help them win the game. Uh, but a lot of it, to me, had to do with the fact that this uh, New Orleans Saints team just didn't show up. And uh, as I mentioned last week, I don't know how confident I feel with uh, New Orleans until Drew Brees comes back. If Drew Brees was healthy, he, then I wouldn't make much of this game. But I think that it sheds some light when you can get a pass rush, you know, uh, pass that offensive line in New Orleans and get some pressure on the quarterback uh, and Taysom Hill. I think that um, you're going to run into these type of issues. He's not the type of guy who's going to be able to lead you back at uh, you know, make big comebacks, but if you're ahead, he can manage the game and control the clock enough to get you a win. I just think that they're really in need of Drew Brees right now. Yeah, uh, he might come back this week versus the Chiefs, but uh, that's sort of up in the air. Uh, it depends probably how much they want that one seed. Uh, with Green Bay's schedule, though, I, I don't really see Green Bay losing uh, very much to close the uh season but uh we'll get into green bay here green bay 31 detroit lions 24 uh pretty uh easy performance for green bay uh 26 for 33 293 touchdowns for aaron Rodgers. aaron jones 15 for 69 Devonte adams 7 for 115 marquez valdez scantling 6 for 85 and a touchdown matthew stafford 24 for 34 244 and a touchdown DeAndre Swift back with seven for 24 and a touchdown. Danny Amendola, six for 66. Um, the uh, Lions, as they always do, sort of pack on yards and uh, points. 
uh, but are never really in the game. Uh, Packers crew's pretty easy here. Uh, what'd you make of this Packers performance? That offense still looks uh, probably to be, other than the Chiefs, uh, the one of the best in the NFL. Yeah, uh, we've said it several times throughout the season that, that Devontae Adams to Aaron Rodgers connection is really scary and dangerous. And uh, it was pretty pretty obvious uh, if you watched any part of that game. Um, you know, a short connection with them can easily turn into a long touchdown. Uh, they're a really explosive offense. Uh, the, the issue with them has always been that defense, but they bring enough horsepower on offense to keep themselves in games. Um, kind of like a Seattle defense, uh, Seattle Seahawk offense. You know, they, they bring enough firepower to make up for the lack of defense. Uh, I still think that Green Bay's defense is slightly better than Seattle, so. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll see what, when Green Bay uh, comes up against a rushing attack uh, in the Titans. I believe that's in uh, two weeks. That should be an interesting uh, styles matchup, uh, considering the Titans can't defend the pass and the uh, Packers can't defend the run. Yeah, you know, but what the interesting stat is uh, the Packers, I believe, uh, they, this is, what was it, uh, the ninth time, I believe, that they've um, scored over 30 points and had uh, zero giveaways. So that's, that's, uh, that's a really good stat to, to have. Um, it bodes well for your team going forward. Yeah. Uh, are your Packers uh, your favorite in the NFC East, or you think one of those uh, West teams out there? I'm sorry? Uh, uh, the Packers, uh, favorite in the NFC. Um, I think that right now they have to be. And uh, a lot of that has to do with the fact that there's, like I said, no Drew Brees in New Orleans. Otherwise, I'd still have the Saints as my favorite there. Early on the season, it was definitely Seattle, but that defense, man, as good as uh, as Adams has been, I'm still not sold. I know that they played really well this last week, but that was against the Jets. So until they can do it against a really good team, I'm not sold. Um, so, yeah, the Packers are definitely first for me in the NFC. All right, uh, we'll move on to uh, a game that you knew was going to go down to the last possession. Atlanta Falcons 17, Los Angeles Chargers 20. Uh, Herbert 36 of 44, 243, two touchdowns and an interception. Eckler 15 for 79. He also had nine catches for 67 yards. Keenan Allen 9 for 52 and a touchdown. Ridley 8 for 124 and a touchdown. Uh, Matt Ryan, 21-32, 224, touchdown, but three interceptions and uh, a couple crushing ones in there. But uh, Anthony Lynn's clock management at the end of the half and such uh, somehow managed uh, to everyone keep everyone in the game. And uh, I think uh, if you wrote a script, uh, this would exactly be how this game probably played out. Yeah, I mean, this has been both of these teams' MO pretty much throughout the whole season. Uh they can stay, you know, pretty tight within games that are winnable for them, but they still somehow find a way to lose. And this has just been them. Um, like you said, we've had a few instances where we've uh, had the opportunity to bet on these games and either we're let down or we just completely avoid it because of, we know a letdown's pretty much just around the corner. Um, the Chargers got the win. But I don't think that it's as much because both teams look pretty bad. And uh, I'll get into the whole Anthony Owens situation a little bit later on in the show. 
Yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, we'll move on past that game and uh, move into the last two games on the slate and uh, probably the two biggest games of the week. Steelers 15, Buffalo Bills 26, uh, Ben Roethlisberger 21 of 37, uh, 187 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. One of those a uh, crushing one at the end of the half for a pick six. Connor, 10 of 18. This uh, Steelers running game continues to be a big issue. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, six catches for 55 yards and a touchdown. Josh Allen, 24 of 43, 238, two touchdowns, one interception. He was on fire in the second half. Zach Moss, 13 for 43. Devin Singletary, 7 for 32. Josh Allen, 6 for 28. So they're piecing together a little bit of a running game there. And Stephon Diggs uh, just dominated in the second half. 10 for 131, touchdown. So uh, I think this might have been a little bit of a changing of the guard. Uh I think Buffalo probably moves into that slot in the AFC where uh, they're probably the top contender to the Chiefs to make it to the Super Bowl here. Uh, just haven't liked what I've seen from Pittsburgh the last couple weeks. Uh, the defense has dropped off a little bit because they keep losing uh, key players on defense, and uh, it just looks like Ben uh, this season's starting to wear on him a bit, and he can't physically do what he needs to do to uh, get this team into uh, uh offensive sets and stuff, uh, especially since the running game is just non-existent for them. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been really nice for the Steelers over the last few weeks, um, especially in primetime games. Um, I, I can't really pinpoint anything in particular because, you know, we can say it's been the COVID situation, but there's been other teams that had the COVID situation also like the Titans. And the Titans actually came out stronger after the host uh, fiasco. And they won quite a few games, whereas in Steelers seem to be digressing a little bit. Uh, a lot of it has to do with, like you said, that some key defensive players getting injured. But you know, it, it's it's not good. They they're they're starting to trend down at the wrong time. This is when you want to start kind of getting hot and uh, you know getting things together as you're getting ready to get into the playoffs. I still don't think that they're done, and I still don't think that they're still to me like a, a top. It's hard. Definitely a lot harder not to say a top two team because to me, the Chiefs are still number one in the AFC. Um, and prior to this game, I was definitely certain that I was going to go with the Steelers with number two. But you could definitely make an argument for Buffalo uh, being number two this week. And it's just like I said earlier, uh, prior to this game, I wasn't going to take anything away from either, either team for this particular game because they're both good teams, um, and I thought it'd be a tough one. It was basically a one-score game uh, pretty much to the end, so I'm not going to take anything away from from Buffalo. I mean, from uh, from Pittsburgh, but I'm definitely going to give props to Buffalo for coming out and uh, Josh Allen looked really good, and uh, he, he pretty much took that game. So yeah. Uh... The thing that impressed me about Buffalo, this was a bad weather game. It was sort of a, a icy rain mix uh, in cold weather, and uh, they were able to uh, find their way and uh, put up some offensive numbers, especially in that second half. And uh, if they can do that, uh, this in bad weather situations, uh, this team becomes uh, more and more scary. Uh, I, I don't know if they can quite compete with the Chiefs yet, but... Uh, you know, that offense is pretty explosive. So uh, when the Bills and the Chiefs meet, uh, there might be some yards racked up with some really big plays in there. 
Yeah, I tell you this, though. The Steelers really need to clean it up defensively because uh, at the rate that they're going, I don't see them getting pretty far in the playoffs. And this might be, like you said, a Chiefs-Bills type of uh, AFC championship game uh, because over the last three weeks, uh, the Steelers have allowed 19, 23, and 26 points while their offense, who was averaging uh, 30 points per game for the first 10 games, is now at, I think, 17. So uh, it's a little concerning. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to the last game of the week. The Baltimore Ravens, 47. The Cleveland Browns, 42. Uh, This was a really entertaining game. Lamar Jackson, uh, 11 of 17, 163 yards and a touchdown. Uh, He also had nine carries, 124 yards and two touchdowns. J.K. Dobbins, 13 for 53 and a touchdown. Gus Edwards, 7 for 49 and two touchdowns. Mark Andrews, 5 of 78. Uh, Baker Mayfield uh, again played, I thought, a pretty solid game. 28 of 47, 343. Two touchdowns. Nick Chubb, 17 for 82. Two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt, 6 for 33. And a touchdown. He also had six catches for 77 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Just a really good game. Uh, I thought Cleveland... uh, Played a really good game. This was probably, I think I got more respect for them in this game than the Titans game. They showed they could uh, play with uh, two of the uh, playoff teams uh, in the last two weeks. So I'm not quite as down as them. Uh, Baltimore puts himself uh, right back in this playoff picture. And uh, it looks like they've decided to go back to last year's offense. They pounded the rock, ran Lamar Jackson. It looks like... uh, uh, be damned this pocket stuff. We're pounding the ball. We're running the ball. We're controlling these games now. Yeah, and I don't know if you remember early on in the season, uh, I brought up the fact that they probably have to go back to their uh, offense from last season. Uh, early on in the season, they were definitely trying to stay away from it, and we understand why they're trying to keep their quarterback healthy. But as tight as this race have got, has gotten for them, you know, it's, it's win now or basically you're out. So uh, they have to win these games. So, they're going all out and they're putting it by completely changing the, the type of offense that they're running. But I think this game's mostly about Cleveland. I've been trash talking them, you know, for the last few weeks, thinking that they really weren't as good as the record showed, but they've hung in there with some playoff teams and, uh, you know, some of the better playoff teams uh, like the Titans and uh, Baltimore. So, you know, I tip my hat off to them. They played a really good game and uh, they could have very easily won that game. if it wasn't for a few mistakes here and there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the Ravens don't have a ton of margin for error here. Uh, do you think they uh, end up in the playoffs here? I, I still think that they're good enough to get in. Um, this offense, get the phones, everyone. They're going <laughs> to oh, whoa, whoa. keep the sponsors till after the show, buddy. <laughs> I got to pop up. <laughs> <laughs> hold, on, hold on, man. We can't have sponsors like in the middle of a conversation. We'll. We'll pause for our sponsors later on. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm giving Samsung free advertising. They need to pay <laughs> me for it. Yeah, but I, I, I really think that Baltimore is just a really good team. I think that even though they lack some weapons on the wide receiver, uh, you know, they had a lot of drops still in this game. And I think that if they didn't have that many drops, it probably wouldn't have been as close. But the receivers did step up when they needed to. So if they can continue to do that and continue to, you know, run the ball with uh, – with their quarterback and their running backs, then I think that they're in good shape to sneak in, you know, maybe with that last seed. Yeah, well, here's what scares me uh, about the Dolphins losing that spot. Uh, The Ravens' uh, closing schedule. Jacksonville, Giants, Cincinnati. Uh, I find it hard-pressed that a uh, 
hard-playing Baltimore Ravens team uh, would lose any of those games. Yeah, it's definitely looking like it's going to be their playoff spot to lose. But then again, you know, this is the NFL, man. Crazy things happen. Uh, I'm not going to count anybody out, but I, I do think that Baltimore definitely holds the keys to, to that last playoff spot. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. You had one hell of a game. Best of the week. All right, where are we going on your offensive side of the ball, your best of the week? Let's see. Let me grab my little handy-dandy list here. <clears throat> okay, for uh, best of the week on offense, I almost went with uh, Drew Locke out of Denver after you basically put him we on your allow list. don't uh, he, He's not allowed to be. Oh, listen, I almost put him on there. You know, he went out and he had an efficient one, 21 of 27 for 280 yards and four touchdowns. But I decided to go with King Henry, who had another monster game uh, game with 215 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he put the team on his back, and he won a game that they were supposed to win. And uh, it was a really important game for them because it's put them back into the hunt of possibly winning that division. So um, my player of the week offensive is King Henry. Well, we have the same one. I have Derrick Henry. I have a co-one, though. I also have Lamar Jackson in there. Uh, he, he put them on his back and uh, carried them to a win and then uh, drove them down there for the uh, game-winning field goal with about 50 seconds left. So uh, co-offensive players of the week for me, uh, Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry. All right, where are you going defensive side of the ball? Let's see. On the defensive side of the ball, I am going with Chase Young, the young defensive end out of Washington. Uh <laughs> He had, a, he had a really good game, man. He, I believe he had six tackles. He had one sack, a uh, couple quarterback hits. Um, and a touchdown, his first touchdown. His first touchdown of his career, yeah. Uh, you know, I, on, right now he's on pace, I believe, to, in my opinion, at least to be the defensive rookie of the year. So uh, I thought that he's been playing pretty good all season long, but over the last few weeks he's really turned it on. So I thought that I'd give him a shout-out. So, Chase Young, you are my defensive player of the week. Yeah, uh, I also had Chase Young as my defensive player of the week. So we're on the same lane league here. Uh, where are you going for the coach? For coach, uh, talked about him a few weeks ago, and I'm bringing him up again. Uh, coach Sean McDermott from Buffalo. Uh, you know, they went up against Goliath, and they made sure that they brought their slingshot with them uh, because they really handed it to him in a game where we thought that we, they probably have a tough time because of the elements. They came out and said, what are you talking about dome team? We're not a dome team. We're an all-weather team, baby. And, you know, Josh Allen really put it out there, man. He slugged the ball. He ran the ball. He did everything he had to do to get a win against a, a really tough team that at one point was considered to be uh, the uh, the cream of the crop. Yeah. Uh, I'm going a little weird uh, this week. I'm just going with Andy Reid. I don't think we've made Andy Reid our coach of the week uh, pretty much all year long because we just, oh, the Chiefs are good. But uh, – the Chiefs haven't always been good. They've been good essentially since Andy Reid has gotten there. And I just, I feel like, you know, every once in a while, we have to be like, Andy Reid is a good coach. This team is 12-1 and one because Andy Reid has just got them there. He was able to do it with the Eagles, win consistently. He moved to the Chiefs. They win consistently. So uh, I just wanted to, you know, give Andy Reid a shout-out here since uh, – you know, we just don't ever mention him. We always find, you know, one of those th- teams that we don't think are, you know, one of the big uh, giants of the league. So uh, Andy Reid, Coach of the Week for me. You know, that's a really good pick. And even though Andy Reid hasn't really been mentioned by me a lot, I think he's probably been mentioned once as far as uh, my Coach of the Week. But, uh, you know, 
end of the year awards, man. He might he might come up then. All right, end of the year awards. All right, are you ready to get into our terrible, just terrible, our worst of the week? Yes, let's do this. <laughs> All right, where are you going for offensive player on worst of the week? Okay, so I know that he doesn't really qualify, but I'm still going to go with Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. Uh, and that's simply because even though we were contemplating to why the coach would even consider bringing in Hurts, uh, especially when they were in a position to possibly win that division instead of make it to the playoffs, they made the switch, and he was a spark plug. He came out and he really uh, empowered that offense. And uh, it seems like even the running backs were able to drink a little bit of that hurt juice, and uh, they seem to be running the ball with a lot more uh, a lot more force. Uh, and overall, you know, the whole team played better, and it showed uh, – it's evident by that big win against uh, what a lot of people consider to be the number one team in the NFC. Yeah. Uh, I'll have a fun one for worst of the week this week. Uh, Dan Bailey, uh, be better at your job. You're a professional. Let's make an extra point in the 36-yard kick here. Ten points, buddy. Ten points he missed out on. Oh, that's I'm not even counting last week's terrible display. So, uh, Dan Bailey, worst of the week for me. All right, where are you going for defense? For worst of the week on defense, I am going with the Panthers. Uh, basically because they let you know Locke look like uh, the second coming of Joe Montana or Elway, if you want to uh, stick to that team. But, uh, yeah, you know, I don't think that the quarterback is really all that great. But he came out, he was super efficient. Like I said earlier, he threw for four touchdowns and, you know, over 200 and some yards. So um, I feel like the entire unit of Carolina has been a letdown over the last few weeks. And uh, that's why they're on my list for worst of the week. Well, we were on the same wavelength, but I, I'm going with the Houston Texans defense. Uh, whenever you let the Bears dominate you and uh, look like an offensive juggernaut, uh, there's a team-wide uh, badness on that defensive side of the ball. So uh, the Houston Texans, my defense worst of the week. All right, where are you going for coach here? Uh, for coach, you know, usually um, there's a, a little bit of a pattern with my picks, you know, whether it's good or bad uh, for the week. A lot of times, whoever I pick defensively, that's who the coach is going to be also. But this week, it's not. This week, like it was a couple of weeks ago, I believe, Anthony Lynn of the Chargers. That clock We're management. Going with is, a winner. <laughs> oh, man. Even, even, even in a win, you're going to get called out as the worst coach of the week. You know, he took over the uh, the coaching duties for uh, special teams because he thought that they weren't playing really well. And this is what happens. You know, they have the opportunity to get points before the half. And I don't know what they're doing. Uh, you know, they, they have the quarterback out there and, you know, then they try to bring out the kicker. There's miscommunication. I, I don't understand what's going on there. They, they've got too much talent on that team to be playing that poorly. And I think that it's become a little more evident now that a lot of it has to do with the coaching staff. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, give Anthony Lynn my worst coach of the week. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going, we haven't put him on worst coach of the week, but uh, this uh, four week uh, run here, uh, John Gruden, uh, they had their team primed uh, to get into a playoff spot. And uh, the way they've played the last couple of weeks uh, just is really poor. Uh, I think they've been bad both defensively and offensively. And uh, 
this was sort of the last straw. They had one last chance to keep themselves alive. They had the Colts come into them, and uh, they just uh, gave up 44 points to the Colts. Couldn't stop them on the ground. The offense was hot and cold. Now, some of that was Jacobs, but uh, I think uh, John needs to take a little of this uh, brunt, too, and not just can his defensive coordinator in the middle of a game like it's uh, that guy's fault that uh, they played so bad the last handful of weeks. Yeah, I agree with you. When you're making $100 million, I think that uh, you definitely need to take a little bit of the blame. All right, that's our show for today. Be sure to check back with us tomorrow for the football show with Dynamite, David. We'll close out the college football season with all our conference championship game previews, plus some of our picks. And then our man, Achilles Rain will be back with us on Thursday to do our NFL football picks. I don't know if he's seen the Los Angeles Rams spread this week, but I'm going to be very interested to see if he has the gall to take the Los Angeles Rams this week. Listen, uh, you, you know that I'm going to end up taking them, uh, but I'll, I'll share something with you off the air a little later on. <laughs> all right. Uh, be sure to follow our know-it-all podcast. Uh, me and Achilles Rain broke down the NBA win totals. We're starting to get into some NBA action. Uh, he'll be back on Monday for uh, to do our NBA season awards and uh, conference and division winners. So look forward to that. Also on uh, Friday, we'll have our movie and TV show reviews. Uh, the Drive-In Dish podcast airs every day with our college basketball picks. Soon we'll have our NBA picks. We might have our man Achilles Rain podcast. Hop on there for some NBA picks as well. He's been studying hard to learn the NBA gambling scheme. I think he's going to be hot this week, these upcoming weeks in his NBA picks. All right. What do you have to plug for us? Uh, nothing. Just uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter at TD Achilles, at T-D-A-C-H-I-L-L-E-S, because uh, we might have some things to store coming up, uh, maybe a few giveaways here and there. So make sure you stay tuned, make sure you follow, make sure you share. I am GLNChamp5 on Twitter and Instagram. You can find all our stuff at greenlightnetwork.org. That's our show, and we're out.